Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 253. Enjoy it, and enjoy it before it's too late. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Mike Lempert. Mike, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. Ready to go. All right. Great to have you here. Mike Lempert owns and operates Lempert Wheels in Charleston, South Carolina. After retiring from a 28-year career in telecommunications, Mike accelerated headfirst into his passion, the classic car hobby. He was originally going to sell specialty parts, but after building his first wood-rimmed steering wheel, the focus of his business became very clear. Mike crafts unique custom steering wheels for all kinds of classic automobiles, working with exotic woods from all over the world. He also restores vintage steering wheels for those who want authenticity in their classic cars. His works are really pieces of art. So Mike, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your business, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles and steering wheels? I certainly will. Thanks uh, Thanks for the opportunity to do so and all the kind words in your introduction. You're welcome. I should say I, I never really had an opportunity to really enjoy cars and, and until my later uh, or later in my career. And when the kids were older, uh, until that point, all money uh, pretty much had gone to other priorities. And most of my free time went to involvement with the kids, like coaching soccer, wrestling, road trips for tournaments. Uh, it was really little time for myself back in those days, uh, especially with the career as well. Uh, it wasn't until the mid-90s that, that I bought my first uh, British sports car. It was a 10,000-mile MG midget. I was starting small. <laughs> I can still remember uh, the smile I had when driving with the top down. This was my first experience with the car. It was my first convertible as well. At, at that point, though, I, I pretty much knew I'd been bitten. And it wasn't long before uh, I had seven classic cars, including four Heelys. Wow. So, yeah, I did get a bit excessive there, and <laughs> my, my, my wife counseled me on that. <laughs> they do uh, sometimes. So, 
Yes, yeah, so one of the Heelys went. I said, well, she's probably right. Three Heelys is a good number <laughs> instead, of, instead of four. I also had a beautiful E-type fixed head coupe. Um, I was having fun at that point. Yeah. I could also share, share it with my son, who, uh, you know, who was at an age where uh, he could actually drive the cars. And uh, since then, he's become a car guy himself. Very cool. It wasn't until, let's see, I retired uh, from my primary career and moved to the family of Charleston that I uh, reduced the fleet, and now I'm down to a barely manageable three Austin Heelys. <laughs> I say barely manageable because it's, uh, it's, it's you know, I just don't have the time with uh, all the uh, time I put into the business now. You retired, and were you going to create a business in your field of passion with cars, but steering wheels became your real passion. Can you talk a little bit about your business today and, and making these incredible pieces of art that you create? Sure. The, uh, it, it, it wasn't, uh, I can't say I, I went into the, the business by, enti- entirely by design. It was more being pushed there by the customers, which I think is probably the way business should go, when mm-hmm. the customers drive you to where you are. And as, as you pointed out, I, I thought I was going to develop a uh, specialty parts business. I did not want to go back to technology work. I thought I would build something around my car hobby. And the steering wheel was that, that first product. What I didn't realize is that people really didn't want that uh, the stock steering wheel, what you often see from Motolita with a, a plywood rim. I put that out at first, and people saw it. But the people that came to me were asking for special wheels. They were asking for certain wheels that were out of the, the factory as optional extras. So at $30, you know, they didn't sell many of them back then, <laughs> and they're very rare today. Yeah. So what that did was it, it forced me to to look into these wheels. I said, well, I'm going to make something for someone. I need to, to understand it. So I started looking into all these wheels and studying them and how they were built. Always better to have one in hand to do that. And uh, I, I think like, like anything else where you start putting that sort of effort into it, you, you, you do get an interest, or at least I, I do. And I, I found that, as with any other hobby, there's a lot to it. There are many different ways of building a rim, many different techniques. Some of them were better than others, and some I just didn't understand why they did it the way they did. But it, it was that that drove me to, to getting into it, and I found that I, I pretty much didn't have time to, to do any other parts. I was doing all steering wheels mm. because I actually have not gotten caught up, caught up in my work since you know, that, uh, I'd say probably that very first sale. In that time, I have oh, probably somewhere north of 50 uh, different steering wheel designs wow. you know, that I've produced. And since I haven't counted, I wouldn't be surprised if the number is higher than that. And still today, I'd say every month, I'm, uh, I'm doing something new. Wow, it's so cool. I love that you follow this path and especially that golden nugget of the customer kind of steering you, if you excuse the pun, in which direction that you should go and using your talents and your knowledge and your passion have created a business out of this. It's so much of what Cars Jazz is all about. We're going to learn a little bit more about your business as we move along, but as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning or the steering wheel turning, we should say, here on Cars Yeah. So, Mike, take the wheel. I thought about this, and what came to mind was something my father told me. 
This was uh, back when I was still in high school and I was working at a hamburger stand. I had decided one day that you know, swimming in a, in a, in a lake was, was much more desirable than going to work that afternoon. Then uh, Dad spoke to me about that uh, the next day, and that was over 45 years ago, so I don't remember the words, just the, the intended message, mm-hmm. you know, which was something about personal responsibility. And I can say since then, I, I, it, it really it really stuck with me. And uh, uh, since then, I've always taken my jobs very seriously and did the best I could do. Uh, I didn't always enjoy doing it, but uh, it was important to do it well. I suppose it applies more to young viewers than, than people that uh, have already been well along their career. But I, I think uh, what Dad gave me was good advice. You know, those moments in time we're growing up that, at the time, feel awfully painful, but they stick with you. And that's why good parenting is so important to share those messages with our children. I remember telling my kids as they went off to their first jobs, half the challenge is just showing up, just getting there on time, or better yet, a little early and staying a little late, and that will serve you well, something my father taught me. Fantastic. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? You talked about Your car passion really began a bit later in life, but is there a pivotal moment when you really knew you were a car guy? Yeah, I think with most of us that are, it goes back to our childhood. I was growing up, those formative years were in the 1960s, and it was really difficult to avoid an interest in cars back then. If if you were a boy and you you had friends uh, you, you hung around with, those were very impressionable years. We would spot hot cars of the day, and it would be sort of a contest to identify it along with the model year. Mm-hmm. And some some of the kids were better than others. I, I was fair at it, I, as I remember. Particularly challenging, I remember, were the Corvettes. You know, the, during the, the first years of the Stingray, they would only change the scoops on the side, and you had to remember which, which was which. <laughs> but then my older brother bought a, a brand-new 65 GTO. Now that that was something special at the time, and I remember him, you know, scaring me during uh, you know during rides in it. <laughs> and uh, during high school, you know, the uh, I remember other kids' parents, you know, bought them Challengers and GTOs and such. And that was always uh, it was always envious of that. So we were all very in tune to those very special cars, uh, the muscle cars of the day. Yeah. Uh, Dad gave me a 59 Rambler Ambassador Custom Country Club. Oh, wow. <laughs> with, with Continental Tire. It was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. It had been beige originally, but had faded badly. All my friends told me it was pink. <laughs> I insisted it was beige, and I wouldn't change my story. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> as for how cars you know, enhance my life now, well, there's you know just such joy in motoring down the road with you know the wind in the hair and feeling the bumps and the sound of the big Healy, which I absolutely love. Yeah, and uh, smelling uh, well, whatever that smell is, it's, <laughs> it's unique. Motor oil, gasoline, the old mustiness of the carpets, whatever it is, yeah, all of the above, and you take it with you when you leave the car. Absolutely, and you know that's why steering wheels are such an integral and important part because that's the first thing you really touch when you get in the car is you put your hand around that wheel, and if it feels right, you're going to have a great experience. So it's great that you're in that field. 
Absolutely, and I'm very biased there. I, uh, I would have said the same thing you did. You put your hands on it. It's what you handle the most. Yep. It's right there under your nose to see. And I think the first thing you notice when you look inside the cockpit of a car. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, what I'd love to do now is look at some of the roads you've driven down and look at some of the challenges perhaps you've faced in your career, maybe as you started your business or as you moved along through your business. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that difficult situation and what did you learn from it? Hmm. Well, mine, yeah, mine wasn't under the hood. It was you know, in the cockpit, I guess. <laughs> so I'll, this is where I'll talk more about the steering wheel business. Mm-hmm. Is uh, The whole thing was a challenge, having started off only knowing uh, woodworking, but not how you make a steering wheel rim. The first thing I decided is that I would, I would do the bent laminate style. It was a little more sophisticated. Uh, some call it barrel wound. Mm-hmm. The problem was there, there was no information on the internet or anywhere else that explains how to bend wood into a complete circle and hide the joints. How do you do that? A lot of thought went into it, and uh, there were instructions for half circles out there, but no one, no one could tell you how to do a full circle. I spent two months in the shop with my son, uh, who had just graduated college, you know, figuring out the process. Uh, there was a lot of trial and error. There were pieces of wood flinging across the room. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of cursing going on. But finally, the light went on. And this was after studying some original rims as well. Uh, the light went on, and I, I realized that this last attempt that worked was exactly what they had done 50 years ago. Wow. Or maybe, maybe 60 years ago. But it wasn't until I did it that I could look into the old rim and see, yeah, that is how they did it. From there, it was just a matter of improving the process uh, to a point where it was feasible to, to make them for sale. The first one, I think, took me two weeks. And then I had to work that down to a, to a much more reasonable timing so it uh, could be affordable to, to sell it and people you know, would want to buy it. Then the, since then, there have been numerous process changes and different style rims to learn, but probably none as hard as that first one that I chose where I did the, uh, the, the full you know, bending of it into a circle. Yeah, wow. The challenge has uh, continued because there are many different techniques out there in, in the old days, and I had to investigate them all. I wouldn't have predicted uh, there was that much to learn about steering wheels, but as I said before, as in any hobby, you start to find out there are all these these details uh, to, uh, to learn and where steering wheels came from, who did them. Today, I, I think I, I pretty much know how to make them all and uh, can often even identify a maker by uh, what I see in the rim construction, Techni- techniques used in the rim construction, some mistakes made, things they did well, areas where they cheated. But challenges still come with every new request I get for a complex wheel and they have not yet done. And I, I look forward to those challenges. Uh, well, you talked a little bit about the headlights coming on or an aha moment. And that's my next question. Is there an aha moment along the way in this career of yours where those headlights did come on and illuminated your way for a new idea or a new direction? Yeah, well, I think uh, my headlights may have been a little slow to get bright. <laughs> I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure it was a single moment, but uh, but instead, I, I think when customers kept asking for certain special wheels, at some point I realized that there were many of them out there and an equal amount of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I started to spend a great deal of time studying uh, those various wheels and 
basically for basically all the classic cars. And then got my hands on as many of them as possible, so I might uh, you know, learn how they are made uh, and accurately reproduce them. Right. One of the things I, uh, I enjoyed while doing this was in understanding the processes used. It was uh, sometimes challenging, but always interesting to see how they went about it. Sometimes I would imagine myself back in their shop so that I might try to understand why they did it in a certain way. Mm. What were the circumstances in the shop and maybe the people who were working there and why it came out in a certain way. Very interesting. Uh, Very intriguing. I love all of this. How about proudest moments along the way? Is there one in particular that really stands out for you? I think that has to be when I I started seeing my name appear in car forms. Mm. Then when my work uh, went to places like Pebble Beach and Amelia Island, there was uh, one time in Amelia Island where I went down there and, and found one of my wheels on a car and I didn't know it was going to be there. Wow. Then I saw cars for sale where the descriptions would say the steering wheel is a limpert. Mm. And I found that very flattering that they would consider it a selling point and, and list it in their, their, their list of attributes. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I'd have to say uh, times when customers would ask me to sign the wheel for them. Nice. Very cool. I love all this. Let's have a little bit of fun here. You talked about those cars that you purchased finally, but what was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory with us that you have of that car. Yeah, special. um, It it is special to the individual, not necessarily a special car, I guess. So the first that was special to me was the first one I purchased with my own money, which was a 68 VW Bug. I bought it used. I loved that car. In fact, I owned it twice. I had sold it to a friend at some point and then bought it back. Then the, the, the special car came in 1974. Uh, I bought my first new car. That was a 260Z. Oh, cool. Yes, that was quite a big deal for me to get that in that day. Uh, I had that car for many years, too. Um, and my most special memory with that, I, I think, was when I proposed to my wife in it. Oh, fantastic. I love that. Well, the next section of this has to do with seller's remorse. So is there a vehicle that you let go that you really wish you could have back? You got that VW back, but is there another one? Yeah, I I think just about everyone I know talks about um, having never should have sold cars that they had. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed every car that I've purchased. To some degree, I I regret selling every sports car I've I've owned and uh, maybe, maybe also a Land Cruiser. But uh, the family cars are always okay to go. But uh, the special cars, the sports cars, including the Z, mm-hmm. those are all cars I wish I still had today, had, had I the, the room uh, and could afford to keep them. Yeah. Uh, my wife brought a, a Maverick with her when we married in 1977. Uh, and I, I must admit, it, it was good to see that one go. <laughs> well, that was the uh, next question. It had to do with uh, a car that you had that you said to yourself, what was I thinking? So <laughs> maybe that was the one. But I made clear that I married into that car. I did not buy it. <laughs> you did not buy it. <laughs> the dowry. <laughs> I love it. Is there a project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Oh, boy, what I'm working on now. Um, let's see. There is one I just finished, which is a, a, a wheel for a Maserati A6G. 
Ooh. And that was challenging because it uh, it also included a two-piece center hub uh, with blind riveting. Mm. And whenever I get a, a project like that, I'd, I'd say I get excited about it. I, I really enjoy it. There is there is that one, and oh boy, there's just so many. Uh, I'm I'm doing a wheel now for an old Packard that looks like it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We're we're using a um, an old Alpha 1949 uh, d- design. Mm-hmm. It was very very attractive wheel. We're going to modify that and uh, put a rosewood rim on it, and that'll go on a Packard. I'm also uh, just finishing up a, a wheel uh, with a, a horn surround horn button to go with it. That'll be going on a 32 uh, Deuce. Oh wow! That was a fun fun project as well. Part of the fun in those projects, though, I have to point out is the people that I'm working with. The people who call me. It's I've met so many very interesting people that way. Mm-hmm. And that's um, you know that's a big part of the enjoyment. The excitement comes with the challenge. It sounds like it. And your mentioning of people is uh, very interesting because I hear this over and over again with my guests here on Cars. Yeah, is yes, the cars are great. They have wonderful history and elements about them, but it's the owners and the people that are the most important. So uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that. Now, here's a really introspective question for you, Mike. It says a lot about how you think about yourself. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? How I think about myself. Boy, that that is interesting. Yeah, it's not so much about the car you wish you were. It's about what you are. Okay. Boy, that is a difficult one. <laughs> if this were some years back, I think I'd say I was a you know sleek and powerful Ferrari. <laughs> of course, I, of course, I would have been lying. <laughs> but uh, today, well, um, I, I have to take a modest approach to that. Uh, probably an old VW Bug like that one I had many years ago. Uh-huh. Just runs economically, is uh, simple, and keeps run, keeps going. And reliable and fun. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. So, Mike, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, I'd like to thank today's sponsor. Award-winning author and designer Dwight Knowlton has done it again. His book, The Greatest Race, is now available. The Greatest Race is the story of Sir Sterling Moss's epic and record-crushing win of the 1955 Mille Miglia in the Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR. In collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss himself, Dwight has created a wonderful children's book from this epic race as a follow-up to his best-selling book, The Little Red Racing Car. I have my own copy of The Greatest Race, and I can tell you, this kid's impressed. Like his previous book, this one is printed in the USA. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find both of his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com, and be sure to sign up for his newsletter, while you're at his website, that's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E gear.com. Okay, Mike, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? I'm ready. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Best advice I, I've been given is to buy it already restored. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, I proved that advice to be correct. Uh, yes, I think we all have. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Uh, that has to be attention to detail. Mm. You know, maybe I've been a bit OCD, and that helped out a lot uh, because I do have a great attention to detail. Yes, well, with what you're creating, absolutely imperative. So uh, I think that's served you quite well. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with the Carjow listeners that you think they would enjoy? Well, there, there's a site out there called LempertWheels.com. <laughs> yes. I'd like to share that one. I think everyone should take a look there and see if they can find a great steering wheel. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll make sure that's noted on your show notes page. Is there a book that you've read that you think the Carjow listeners would enjoy reading as well? Um, I, I was never a, a big reader just for enjoyment. Any books that I picked up were for finding an answer to a technical question or, or in interest in, in finding something out, but not so much reading for pleasure. But I do enjoy the, the British car magazines, Octane and uh, Thoroughbred and, and some of those. I've always enjoyed looking through them. Maybe it's the pictures. (laughs) Yeah, I think that helps as well. You can find links to all these resources at carsyad.com slash Mike Lempert. And Mike's last name is spelled L-E-M-P-E-R-T. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Uh, Yes, Mark. I've I've probably had too many hobbies (laughs) in my day. But aside from woodworking, the biggest one is, is probably photography. I've been a photographer for 43 years. I actually uh, you know, did some work on the side during weekends back when I was starting to raise a family mm-hmm. for some extra income. You know, did that for a, a few years. Today, I do it just for enjoyment. I enjoy getting out for shoots as frequently as I can. Sounds fun. I enjoy the same thing. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, Mike. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage... But it's something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, so that little trick's off the table. But don't worry about the cost, because today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. What would that one vehicle be? And more importantly, why? Okay. Uh, Boy, I really like my Austin Healy's. (laughs) And my favorite Austin Healy of all time is... NOJ 393. Now, unfortunately, it has a it has a sad history. It is, it is the car that was involved in the 1955 crash at Le Mans that uh, uh, so many people, you know, were uh, oh, uh, were, were killed. killed uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, it was it was a terrible event. But there was something aside from that about that car that, that I really liked. It was restored fairly recently, and it's just a you know what a beautiful car that is. Of course, I I wouldn't mind having a D-type in my garage. (laughs) Well, you can only choose one here in cars, yeah. Okay, I'll go with the Healy. The Healy, okay, the Healy. I kind of thought that's what you would pick. What is it about that Austin Healy that just tugs on your heartstrings? You know, Mark, when I I started this classic car thing and I went from the MG and then and I, I went to Healy. There was something special about the Healy. I had Jaguar too. I had the E-Type. But the Healy was just, to me, it was just right. It had the right amount of, uh, of, of rumble. had a wonderful sound to it. It just felt right. And I think it, it, people respond to things differently. But for me, the Austin Healy just clicked. That Austin, is that 55? Uh, I have three of them. I have a 56 uh, Honda Series BN2. I have a 59, very early 3000 Series BN7. 
and I have a 60 uh, Bug Eye Sprite. Wonderful. Now, the car, that NOJ393, was that a 1955 that accident happened? That was a 55. The car would have been, oh boy, you, you got me on some details here, either a 53, maybe a 54. It was one of the very few first factory race cars to come mm. out. Okay. And those are the cars that inspired the line of 100S race cars. Yeah, fantastic. Great choice. Beautiful cars, certainly something that's on my bucket list as well. I love those old Heelys. Mike, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Car Shout listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Austin Healy? One parting piece of guidance would be um, enjoy it and enjoy it before it's too late. <laughs> enjoy it before it's too late. Great advice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? I think that would be to go to limperwheels.com, look over the various wheels. There are plenty of examples there. And uh, my contact information is there, too. I take phone calls, uh, emails, and uh, always happy to answer your questions and, you know, talk about their needs. Well, listeners, I encourage you to check out Lempert wheels because the works of art and i keep calling them pieces of art they really are sculptures pieces of art but they actually function and work are absolutely amazing check out what mike is doing there he's having a lot of fun in his garage for sure and you can find links to again everything we've talked about in mike's show notes page at carsyad.com slash mike lempert just put mike in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up mike thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be on your uh, Cars, Cars Yow site. The honor's all mine. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYow.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!